What's going on guys, Dando here. Just want to give you guys a quick heads up that for the first two thirds of this podcast, guys audio does sound like Mitch on the toilet. Actually not that bad, it's a little bit better than that. So basically we had some technical difficulties on guys end, we won't go into details, but basically they got no uh, no audio from Guy, but I was thankfully able to salvage the audio via the Zoom chat that we had. So I was able to record from my end. So the audio isn't as good as it normally is, but um, it's good enough. You're still able to hear Guy here, his good old belly laugh, but just for the first two thirds of this. So after the what you learn, it's normal, but for the, the main review, unfortunately, it sounds the way it does, but you're still going to enjoy it. I, I know you're still going to enjoy it. But I just want to give you guys a heads up before you, you started playing, so you didn't just sit there and go, was Guy sitting on the toilet for this podcast? What's going on here? No, he didn't sit on the toilet. He, um, he just forgot to turn the microphone on. So, first two thirds of this is going to sound a little bit dodgy, but it's okay. It's still passable. Hope you enjoy the review of Excuse Me While I Miss the Sky. We have only scratched the surface of the universe. Who will discover the wonders that lie beyond our galaxy? Will it be you? Or you? Or you? That's it. Lisa Simpson, astronomer. (laughs) Now, who will press my reset button? Will it be you, or you, or you? Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review episode EABF11. It excuse me while I miss the sky. I am Dando. I am Guy and TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Should we tell the listeners when we're actually recording the show, Dando? I mean, oh, should we give well, them a bit of a peek behind the curtain and uh, let them know that our well-planned schedule sort of went a little bit off the rails due to, I don't know, life stuff? It's a bit late now. I've already told them. Just say. <laughs> We, we've only lied to our listeners a handful of times in the past. We won't. We, we won't do it again. Uh, yeah. So basically, we're recording this on the Friday afternoon. Uh, it is the twenty sixth, so it is the day after Thanksgiving in the states. So it's currently Thanksgiving in America, I believe, because they're behind in time. So happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners out there. We hope you had a great day filled with turkey or whatever you choose to eat on Thanksgiving Day, and you spent lots of money and you spent time with family. The most important thing of all. Happy Turkey Day and Black Friday. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> All right, Mr. Davis, so excuse me while I miss the sky. I remembered not liking this episode and I wasn't very excited to review it, but I actually really enjoyed this. I thought this was a a Lisa episode that was filled with some really sweet moments, had a pretty fun B story with Bart stealing the hood ornaments, and a pretty good guest appearance from Eric Idle. When you put it that way, maybe I shouldn't say some of the things I'm thinking about, excuse me while I miss the sky, because (laughs) to me, it reminded me of those substandard crusty burgers that crusty staples together out of half used bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. It felt like a bit of a lucky dip episode where the, the writers passed around a hat and they all threw in little bits and pieces. Like I've got an idea. I don't think it's a, a full idea, but mm, there we go. See what you can do with that. And then they dumped that hat out. They shuffled all those little pieces of paper around and they came up with, excuse me while I miss this guy. Now, having said that, with your boundless enthusiasm and just, you know, endless good cheer, it was a nice Lisa episode. You're right. I mean, I I like it when Lisa gets sent to stage, uh, and particularly when she's not too preachy or, you know, when when she's sort of pushing her uh, cause du jour. So 
Yes, I like that very much. I wasn't that taken with the Bart subplot. I mean, it okay. felt like I thought you would have liked it because purely because Fat Tony. You mean that ten-year-old with a mustache was a fake? <laughs> we of course, we all of course know John Joe Montaigne makes everything one thousand percent better, and he does so in this episode as well. I thought the idea of Bart sort of losing his status or losing his identity as the bad boy, as the primo bad boy, and finding some way to get it back was a really fertile and interesting idea, but not explored all that well in this episode. Like I said, it felt like this is a crusty burger made up of various bits of crusty burger and uh, you get what you get. A, 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 a tasty meal that's actually not that tasty. You get that cheese toasty that I ordered two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. Oh, God. I'd forgotten all about that. Now I'm just having a vivid flashback to that construct your own toasty from- It was but- not fun. <laughs> Was it Macca's or KFC? It was, yeah, it was McDonald's. Right? Don't you ever besmirch the name of KFC. <laughs> That's right. The good colonel would never do anything like that. The clown would. The colonel would not. Exactly. By the way, listeners, I apologize if you can hear banging and kids carrying on outside the door. It's a madhouse here. We've got my mum over helping babysit the kids because Nicola is knackered and we needed to get this done today. So if you can hear background noise, just enjoy it. Don't worry about it. It's just children having fun. It's all part of the rich tapestry that is four-finger discount. Exactly right. It's a, exactly it's a right. family show. Yeah, it certainly is. Now, the episode, uh, you, what were you saying before? Um, I had a point before I heard all the banging outside the room. What was I going to say? <laughs> what was I going to say? This is what dad life does to you guys. You have thoughts and then you lose them because kids carry on and act like maniacs. Uh, it was... Oh, shit. What was it? Oh, the, the Lisa story. So, I liked it because, as you said before, she wasn't pushing an agenda and she wasn't being preaching. She wasn't trying to force something down everyone's throats. Well, she kind of was. She, was, she, she was. She, she was. Actually, but, yeah. but by the end of it, everyone realized, oh, it was for the better because everyone sat yeah. down and enjoyed the stars. And I think that the message of this episode is actually a nice one of the stars are always there. If you're ever feeling down, you're feeling like, shit, go outside and look at the stars. They're always yeah. there for you to gaze at. And I, I can guarantee you, you never feel worse off looking at the after looking at the stars. You might not feel any better, but you won't feel worse off. So try it out. <laughs> it's a good bit of philosophy from our man Dando. There, he is on the money as he always is. Yeah, I mean, we will get to looking at the stars a bit later because I believe one of our uh, friends on the patron page threw a little message in our mailbag asking about very such a thing, and we will talk about that eventually. If Dando doesn't, I will. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, you're right. I mean, there are episodes where Lisa does have an agenda. I mean, I'm thinking particularly of um, Lisa the Vegetarian. Lisa the Vegetarian. Maybe even the one where Richard Gere was the Buddhist. Yeah. They, they feel like that the show is sort of trying to sell us something. Whereas this, yeah, she was trying to sell the people in Springfield. It's like, eh, a little bright in here. Maybe let's, uh, you know, enjoy the natural sky for a change. And it didn't feel like. She was sort of telling us to do that too much. Although, you know, you take away what you take away. And I think Dando took away a very good lesson for it uh, from it. That, um, yeah, get outside and get back to nature every once in a while. I, look, I liked Lisa's uh, contribution to this episode, let's yeah. say. The episode was actually nominated for an Environmental Media Award for Best Television Episodic Comedy. Oh, the fact they were nominated. I don't think they won. They were nominated. But at least they were nominated. Loser. <laughs> They also did win an award for this. They Stephen Dean Moore, the director, won an Annie Award in the category of Best Directing in an Animated Television Production for this episode. How well were they the Annies? They've got a nice name. If they're for animation and they're called the Annies, I like that. That would make sense. I never actually put that 
together. Yeah, <laughs> make complete sense. <laughs> so the Annie Award are accolades which the Los Angeles branch of the International Animated Film Association has presented each year since 1972 recognize excellence in animation shown in cinema and television. Originally designed to celebrate the life... Blah, 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 blah. So basically, yeah, you're right. It's for an- animation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the people at the Annie's are going, oh, Dando's giving us our props. Finally, some respect. And then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> the, I also thought this episode was a good uh, indication of just Springfield's inability to do anything sensibly. It's like, you want light? I'll give you light. <laughs> you want darkness? I'll give you darkness. Like, like they can't just... Uh, just, just it's go easy, all guys. or nothing. It's yeah, very, exactly it's- right. But the thing, the, the thing about this episode, the story that didn't quite make sense to me, and it reminded me of Mister Spritz goes to Washington. Was it seemed that only the Simpsons family were bothered by the light being on all the time, because every other person in town was annoyed when the lights went out again. That's true. No one else seemed to be going as crazy as the Simpsons. Were. No, it was like one week later, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, cool. No night. We don't give a shit." How did you feel about uh, guest voice Eric Idle? I didn't know it was Eric Idle until I did the notes. I must confess, <laughs> when he first came on, I'm like, okay, is this a regular cast member putting on a voice? I don't think so. Mm. And then I got on my years and times mixed up and I'm like, is this John Oliver? Yeah, possibly. But was he was he a thing in 2003 though? I don't think he was a thing in 2003. I don't think he really became a thing until the 2010s. He was probably. Was he, was he big before Community? Did he have his own show before Community? I think he was on The Daily Show for a while. Was he on The Daily Oh, yeah, because that's where he got his... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Before he became Last Week Tonight. And, yeah, 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 yeah. The guy who basically sort of gripes about everything and makes you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to lose many friends or fans or followers or whatever. I've never been a huge Monty Python guy. I, I respect them very much for the contribution they've made to 20th century comedy. Um, some of this stuff I do enjoy. I mean, I like I, I don't think I'm a Monty Python's Flying Circus kind of fella. Not their, their sketches don't really do it for me in that regard. Oh, do I do like some of their movies? I like I like Holy Grail. I like Life of Brian, but even then, they're not really way up there for me. And it's certainly an acquired taste. I think so. Yeah, people who dig them really dig them, and that's great. More power to you. But even but among the Python team, I'm like, yeah, I know Eric Idle is respected and regarded well by some people but he's like mm, i think he's one you could lose <laughs> from the team from me so i don't think he did a, a terrible job here I, I didn't really didn't like the character i mean but i don't think i'm supposed to like uh what's his name declan desmond i think he's a bit of a douche in all honesty i actually found him funnier than i thought i was going to i oh, remember okay. as a kid, when I, I remember as a kid just really not liking this episode for the Des- declan desmond character for some reason i thought this whole episode was just him walking around the school doing a documentary i thought it was just a really yeah. bizarre episode He's not in it all that often. And he is, a, he is a douchebag, but there was a couple of moments where I didn't mind it. Everyone likes a douche now and then. I like it when he <laughs> sort of like uh, calls Lisa out. <laughs> I just found that kind of unnecessarily cruel. I don't know. Maybe I was just feeling very protective that, towards Lisa this time around. But then they justify it. No, does it make you feel better when you bring people down? Yes. Does it make you feel better when you question people? Yes. Okay, then. We're on okay. mutual grounds. It, it, it was good that they sort of... Uh, <laughs> recognize each other for what they are. Yeah. It was a great choice of song as well, uh, Don McLean, at the end, wasn't it? Mm. It's just perfect. Yeah. And apparently, uh, famous musician Jake Bug has said that, that was a formative part of him wanting to become a musician, seeing that on The Simpsons. He watched ah. that and the way that song applied to the episode and how it made him feel watching the episode 
made him want to be a musician or one of the things. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It's it's a pretty sweet swan. Uh, pretty, pretty sweet swan. Sweet swan. Don't say that. It's a very sweet song. It is a very starry, sweet starry song. night. Look, I think I've heard American Pie as much as I want to hear it in my lifetime, but Don McLean's uh, Starry Starry Night is okay by me. Hey, my favourite. What was your favourite moment from Excuse Me While Mr. Sky, Mr. Davis? As in the past, uh, I've found out that there was a bit in this episode I was like, oh, that's where that's from. Mm-hmm. Because for ages I've always like <laughs> I just I think I've got a soft spot for Quimby's for the the Quimby bimbos. I'm sorry, that's a, that's a cruel thing to say, but I just liked how it rolled off the tongue. The oh, that's what, they, that's what they called in the credits. So, are they really? No. <laughs> oh damn it! I thought I was going to get away with being, you know, sexist and chauvinistic. <laughs> yes, and just a just a terrible human being. But I do like I like Joe's girlfriends. <laughs> they always have that very sort of, um, you know, fifties blonde bombshell kind of voice, and. For some reason, I'd always remembered, yeah, and you was a girl, Joe. <laughs> Which, um, I don't know, that just cracks me up. I, I, feel like that. I feel like they've settled on her now because she's been in a few episodes this season. She had. Well, um, wasn't she the one? <laughs> she got the opera house. and That's right. I can't believe I built you that opera house. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. You're the swellest or whatever. <laughs> oh, you're the swellest, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked Homer writing the check. Oh, boy, 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 boy. That's, that's what I've also got. I love it when people think they're getting it over, getting one over on someone. Yeah. And just, what did you just say? Yeah. Did you, did you were blind. This check's going to bounce. I would have loved it if that was Wise Guy. Um, uh, I, I, I think it was it not Wise Guy. He sounded a bit Wise Guy. I thought it looked like Wise Guy. I thought it was Wise Guy. I don't know. I think Wise Guy sounds a bit more like. You're telling me this check can amounts? Yeah. <laughs> Just a bit more bronze. And then the boy. <laughs> so, yeah. Homer just thinking that he's outfoxed someone always makes me laugh. So, yeah, love boy. Yeah. Um, and one other thing that I really enjoyed was um, oh, now I've got to sort of remember exactly when it happened. But yeah. uh, Lisa does this little giggle as she runs off somewhere. Hang on a second. I'm, I'm going to giggle. She, what, what, maybe after she decides she's going to be an archaeologist. Not archaeologist. Fucking uh, an astronomer. Astronomer. Remember she's in the planetarium. Was it in there? Yes, that's right. Yes, and she's had the little um, the beam shine down her. Yeah. And she's or sort of like, you. Or you. That's right. <laughs> and she runs up, but it was very sweet. Yep. I enjoyed that a lot. And then, of course, who's going to reboot me? Oh, <laughs> but her little giggle was nice. You, you, you forget occasionally because she's quite smart and sophisticated and all that kind of thing. Lisa's just a little girl. Yeah. The the writers try to live vicariously through the Lisa character, which sometimes makes her a lot more older than what she really should be. Yeah. sometimes they make her eight again and you go, oh, yeah, this is nice. I also enjoyed Millhouse at the end, being all cocky, using using T-ball and then just tripping over. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, trivia for Excuse Me While Mr. Sky. First question comes from you, Mr. Davis. Hit me. Oh, okay then. How long has the gentleman at the museum been cleaning the teeth of dead monsters? Oh, has it been 40 years? Close. 50 but years. Not really. No. What is it? <laughs> Lower. 20 years. Higher. 30 years. You got it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a point regardless, Dan. I'll take it. <laughs> Where's that cake? At least you tried. <laughs> <laughs> what are the names of the films that Declan has released before the Springfield Elementary one? <laughs> that was one of mine as well. Mm-hmm. Lost Luggage, Shattered Lives, 
and my personal favourite, Upskirt Dreams. I would totally watch a show about lost luggage. <laughs> Isn't that like border control or something? Do they? I mean, I'd never watch. It's never about lost luggage. It's just, it's just. This is going to sound racist, but it's always people from the Asian community who are bringing in foods that shouldn't be brought in. Guarantee you, nine times out of ten, it is people bringing in food they shouldn't be bringing in. And then they, I love it when they pull the whole, oh, there's no food in here. And they go, are you sure? Because if, if there is, it's, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> oh, no, there's no food in there. Open it up. Oh, you mean that? Sorry, speaking not English. <laughs> you, you mean food. Yeah. Oh, food. Ah, oh, food. No, 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 no. <laughs> Smile away. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, my next question is then. Well, how about you, I ask you one? Oh, oh yeah, go, go, go. Because yep. you just asked me one. Yes, or that's right. That's because, that's because it was one of yours as well. I thought you might have missed one. Go go for it. Okay. According to the Ed McMahon book, uh, mm. where and when would Venus be available or be visible? Uh, I know it's like 40th or I don't know. What is it? <laughs> 6.22 p.m. at 27 degrees. Hi, <laughs> Why do I keep thinking? Like, I guess I keep saying 40 to everything now, and hopefully I'll be right eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Get on the Dando's broken clock is twice right twice a day philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> My next question is Lisa is reading at what level? She's reading at a sixth grade level. Mm-hmm. And while listening to Bach. Yes, that's correct. Extra point for me. Oh <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Extra point for you. There you go. I have the power. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you do indeed. Um, how much is valet parking at the Italian restaurant according to the valet's Bart and oh. Billhouse? I'm going to guess and say 40 <laughs> no, 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 no. Five, $5, I think it was, wasn't it? Five? It was five cents, actually. Five cents. Wowee. That is super cheap. Yeah. <laughs> what did the sign at the museum say? What was the now with what? Oh, damn it. A sign one. And I always look away. Multi-ethnic caveman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was actually pretty funny. Hmm. Um, I do have a question for you, but I'm not sure of the context. Oh, Ask the question. We'll see. <laughs> Move over which stars, according to Kent Brockman? No idea. Um, Matthew Modine and Charlene Tilton. No idea who they are. Surely you've heard of Matthew Modine. No. The star of Crazy For You and um, what else is he in? He was in The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, full Metal Jacket. It? He was the lead in Full Metal Jacket. Oh, the lead in Full... Okay. So the, the one that shot himself? Uh, no, that was Vincent D'Onofrio. Okay. Actually, I don't blame you for not knowing who Matthew Modine is. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty good actor, but at the same time, he's also a bit of a bland fellow. <laughs> Go to Google Matthew Modine. Um, and Charlene Tilton was one of the cast members of the 80s hit Dallas. Ah, oh, yeah. Dallas. I know, I know Matthew Modine by looking at him. I know who you are now. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, isn't, he in, isn't he in Stranger Things? Is he the... That's right. Is he yeah, not the, then, the, the bad guy in Stranger Things? Is that I him? think was he, was he season one of Stranger Things? I think, yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking of. The character is from season one. Yeah, that's it's who I think go. it is. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am throwing out, you know, the classics from 1987. Like, <laughs> um, maybe you got a little up to date guy. How about Stranger Things? <laughs> what switch, uh, what do they switch the power to in order to make the lights on permanently? Oh, oh, you mean when they turn yeah, what the is, dial? What does Quimby switch it to? Oh, it's it? Vegas, and then it was this. I want to say Eternal Afternoon or something, but that's not it at all, it is it? Permanoon. Perm. Oh, wow! I was super close. Yeah, I nearly said it. I said perm. What did I say? Permanently. <laughs> 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 all right. You got any more questions? I've got one more. I have no more. All righty. I'll ask this final one, and then we will move on. Millhouse <laughs> believes he'll be batting at what average when he's older? Three fifty-two. 
352. No, 40. You're right, you got it. 352. No, 40. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that is trivia for Excuse Me While I Miss the Sky. We'll be right back after this short break with our in-depth review. Yeah. It is time for some Patreon shout-outs, kicking off with Timothy Burleson, Jonathan Rossi, Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Andrew Zer, Kane Von Nagy, Christopher Darby, Joel Yoland, Jordan Moleman, Richie, Katie G, Nick Barbaro, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Adam Sanderson, Reese Roberts, Matt Thompson, George McMenemy, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Ben Smith, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, the iconic June fucking Richards, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, and Groundskeeper Noel. Thank you guys for continuing to be $20 patrons. Also, shout-outs to Jordan Hodgson, Little E, Jackson Stefanovsky, and to Lee Shenton, who chucked us a PayPal donation this week. Remember, guys, you don't have to sign up to Patreon to get a shout-out. You can also just chuck us a donation to discount at Outlook.com. But if you do want to sign up and get access to a bunch of other exclusive content, you can do so by going to Patreon.com slash discount. But for now, sit back and enjoy our review of Excuse Me While I Miss the Sky. The original air date of Excuse Me While I Miss the Sky was March 30th in 2003. The episode was directed by Stephen Dean Moore and written by Dan Graney and Alan Grazier. Uh, there was but, no... Oh, by the way, that title, yes, of course, is mm-hmm. a play on Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky by Purple... But, but, not, not by, by Purple, Purple Haze. Haze. <laughs> Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Uh, often misheard as, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Really? Ah, as he points to himself. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there was no chalk gag. The couch gag was the living room is an ocean. So one from How I Spent My Strummer Vacation where the shark, they're jumping the shark at home. They're jumping vacation. the shark. Yeah. <laughs> Which Al Jean said they use in order to just beat the critics to it. I figured that would be the case. Yeah. The episode kicks off with what, Mr. Davis? It's a bit of shredding, isn't it? Yeah, oh, no, a no, bit no. of shredding. <laughs> well, there's a bit of internet uh, chicanery. Yeah, very, uh, um, very 2003. This the, the flash very animation. Very early internet days of uh, yeah, wacky uh, URLs and particularly shredders, shredders and blenders. I um, yeah, I think they didn't have this gag already in the episode where Bart. Um, what yes. is it, the Angry Dad one where it was Osama bit Laden in a blender or something? This oh, that yeah. was a blender, not a shredder. Yeah, similar thing though. But. Chuck absolutely people in sh- things and sh- kill them. Yeah, absolutely mince or grind them up. Yes. Yeah, it was a, was a very big thing in the early 2000s. We were, it was an angry, angry time. I blame I blame 9-11. I recommend, guys, you do not go to shavedskinner.edu. <laughs> <laughs> did, they, did someone actually take it and run with it? I don't know, but I don't, <laughs> I don't want to find out what happens if you go, do you go to that URL. Well, got- don't go to that, but definitely go to Lemon Party. Oh, yes, please do so. And Tub Girl. <laughs> if you feel like a party. So Skinner sucks dot So basically Skinner saying you saying to the kids you can't use these websites. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just thinking about two girls, one cup, which is of course a lovely tale about sharing. <laughs> Isn't that like the um the sequel to Tub Girl? <laughs> or the prequel? I think they're pretty much sewn from the same cloth or cut yeah. from the same cloth. Yeah. Not great. Not great at all. <laughs> not good. Not what but, you want. By the way, listeners, don't don't look up any of the things we just said to look up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ever. You should, you should know better. Yes. You should know. You know your way around the internet now. You made your way to full finger discount. Just stay here. <laughs> he introduces Declan Desmond um, and he shows the clip from Do You Want Lies with that? The anti-crusty <laughs> film. With the, the Mad Cow interview with Homer. He's going crazy and... Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Krusty stapling all the burgers together. Meat like yeah. I give the people meat like burger and some kind of collar 
and they get changed from their 50. <laughs> By the way, I could have done without Declan Desmond. Sorry, I'm putting my film nerd hat on here. Mm-hmm. Could have done without him disrespecting the Males Brothers and Barbara Koppel, both very, very good documentary filmmakers, up there with, you know, Frederick Wiseman and D.A. Pennybaker. These are all really good documentary filmmakers, folks. Check them out. So this is why Guy A didn't like the episode and B didn't like the character. It was off to a bad start, wasn't it? He's disrespecting some top-notch filmmakers. Go to yeah. hell, Declan. <laughs> But uh, then Skinner says he's going to be doing a documentary on the school. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? All of his previous films have just been so nice. (laughs) (laughs) I loved how everybody thinks they're going to be the star of it. Yeah. yeah, Particularly Milhouse would say, positioning himself as a cool kid, maybe he should just chill out. (laughs) What does he say? Stay with the dink. Stay with the dink. (laughs) He starts filming the documentary and he explains that cool rules in the schoolyard and that Bart is the top dog. And I sort of thought... Is he, though? Is Bart really the top dog? I'm pretty sure we've established. That was actually, that was the point I wanted to make earlier that I forgot. This episode felt like, it felt like rehashed stories Mm. just with a new hat. You know, so like, I still enjoyed it, but the Bart having to win back the the love of his fellow school kids and be the, the, the top dog again. And Lisa wanting to change something about Springfield in order to enjoy the environment. Like it felt like it felt like a regurgitated story, but I still like what they did with it. Yeah. It's funny when you think about Bart's sort of position in the school hierarchy or ecostructure because he's not the cool kid. He's kind of the Well, he was at the start because that's why that's the way the show positioned him as the cool kid. Mm. But now they've made Bart the dingus because I don't know, just yeah, for the sake of the story. I, but but yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Out of all the sort of the kid characters, is there one who's kind of like, oh, he's the he's the alpha, or the, or she's the alpha of the it, uh, of the it's, schoolyard? It's usually Nelson. But I mean, it was but episode but he's five. He's a bully. I mean, he's a bully, but he's still the he's still the alpha. Like, everyone's still scared. I, so when you say alpha, do you mean? I mean, the, like respected. Like, respected. You know, I'm sure alpha. you sure okay. you went to someone. Surely you went to school with someone who's kind of like, oh, that person's going to go on and. Be prime minister. So or, you, don't, you, you know, don't mean you don't mean bully, as in like everyone's scared of him. You mean the guy that runs the show? Okay, essentially, or you know the role model. Yeah, the role <laughs> model. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, who, well, Bart's certainly not the role model, is he? Does Springfield no. have a role model? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're all losers, <laughs> <laughs> which is why we love them. America is supposed to be a democracy, but in the schoolyard, cool rules. And Springfield's Machiavelli of the Monkey Bars is one Bartholomew Simpson. On today's royal agenda, digging up dirt clods to throw at his school chums. I chuck them at nerds, girls I like, whatever. Ow! Munch mud, Simpson! (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling. Oh, man. I actually felt sorry for Barty. When you see the characters like actually crying, he felt mm. it felt like a very real moment. He didn't. He felt like a little kid who just been picked on. Yeah, oh, particularly when you know someone's filming it as well, and you know they've, they've got evidence that oh no, I've actually been knocked down a peg or two, and I'm crying. Ugh. Declan then says Bart's glory has gone the way of England's masculinity. I thought, why are they hating on England so much this season? Yeah, they, they, who was it? The the author they made fun of with the Benny Hill theme. A few episodes ago. Oh, well. Helen Fielding? Yeah. Well, why are they just hanging shit on all the British people? Why would you do that? I mean, why would you do that to the author of Bridget Jones's Diary? She's, you know, <laughs> I think she's doing all right for herself. She wrote Bridget Jones's Diary. So, Milhouse and Ralph are explaining what it's like being a Holt monitor. And then Skinner says, look, look, don't worry. <laughs> they, these are not a good representation of our school. I'll show you a typical student, Lisa Simpson. <laughs> By the way, 
I, I fell short with my question at the I did have one other question that okay. I did not um, uh, highlight with my with my pink highlighter, which I'd use for trivia questions. What did Ralph's sash say, or what did he think it said? Ah, oh, no, I'm lost. It's lost. Around. I remember him saying something. What was it? Ultraman. Ultraman. That's right. And he goes pow pow. As soon as I watched it, I thought oh, that's Elliot. <laughs> Everything now is dinosaurs. He's dinosaurs mad. I was explaining to you earlier. I drove all the way to Ferntree Gully, which was like a 90 minute drive, at like eight o'clock last night, just to pick up these giant, super sized, super colossal Jurassic Park toys for Elliot for Christmas. I mean, he's gonna fucking love them. <laughs> so you are basically Arnold in Jingle All the Way. Oh, mate, I legitimately am. I'm going to town tonight to try and because I've had toys put aside for me at Big W and Target. <laughs> Holy moly! You'll buy that kid's love yet. <laughs> <laughs> Or buy his silence. Like, you'll get this one if you can sleep through the night. What? Speaking of Jingle All the Way, what Christmas movie are you and I going to do a commentary of this year? Let's ask the listeners. Should we let's, post uh, a poll? Let's, let's think of four movies now we're going to choose from. Jingle All the Way is going to be one of them. Gremlins uh, is going to be one of them. Gremlins, Jingle All the Way. What can two other? Muppet Christmas Carol and one more. You pick one. Scrooged. Scrooged. I've never seen Scrooged. I know it's got Bill Murray, but I've never seen it. Good movie. I like it. Okay, cool. So Scrooge, Muppet Christmas Carol, Jingle All the Way or Gremlins. You decide, listeners. The poll will be going up and you tell us uh, which one you want us to do an audio commentary of for Christmas this year. Also, this month's uh, four-figure discount classic review is Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow is one, so <gasps> listen out for that. Yeah! That name again is, is Mr. Mr. Plow. Plow. <laughs> what an episode. Do you come with the car? <laughs> <laughs> Pure West. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I know. Linda Ronstadt, player. <gasps> it's going to be a great, great episode uh, to review. And if Yay! you guys want access to that, it's going to be a four-finger discount patron. Just head over to patreon.com slash four-finger discount where you get plenty of extras as well. I also wanted to actually throw out there. Yes. Just a little plug for our Patreon because Christmas time is coming and people may not be, think- may be thinking, what do I get people? Or what, mm. what can I ask people to get for me? Well, if you're a listener out there and you've always thought, oh, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind listening to all those hours upon hours upon hours of Patreon exclusives, but I just don't have the money or I just, this is something I really want to commit to, which is perfectly fine. It's understandable. Times are tight. I, I have no money either. I'm, buy, I'm too busy buying super colossal dinosaurs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what you can say to your friends and family is, hey, how about you buy me a subscription to Four Finger Discount on Patreon? That oh. way you're getting all the hours of extra bonus content and it'll cost it is, stuff all. It is literally the gift that keeps on giving. For as little as like five dollars a month, you can get like I think it's like an extra or, or, 30 or as much as twenty. <laughs> you can get like an extra like twenty thirty hours of bonus content just for five bucks. That what a Christmas present to, to receive. Oh, five dollars! Your ears will thank you, and Dando's kids will thank you. Yeah, so all you have to do is just you know subscribe for five dollars and download all the content as quickly as you can. You'll love it. Just five dollars. Sign up. Patreon.com slash four figure discount. The perfect Christmas present for any fan of the podcast out there. Any Simpsons fan. Mm-mm-mm, that's good salesmanship. <laughs> Where were we up to? Oh, so Lisa's trying to uh, fool Declan that she's, you know, that, that yes. the score is actually better than what it is, but she knocks over the backdrop because Declan's just not buying it at all. Mm. Got Willie asleep behind her. Go, Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> she says, that she, oh, she, you know, she points out that she's the best student, and this is what Declan says to her. Oh, so you're the best student, I'm assuming. Well, I am young, gifted, and yellow. Now, did you take that as a racist gag as if to say, I'm young, yellow, I'm young, gifted, and white? No, no, there's um a terrific song. I believe it's by Nina Simone. Okay, called, called "Young, Gifted, and Black." It was oh. written at the height of the civil rights movement. Wow, okay. um, it's a really, really good song. 
uh, and it was designed as very much as an empowerment anthem uh, for African-American slash uh, black kids in, in the United States um, to sort of say, yes, you you do matter. You've got a whole lot of awesome shit going on. Sing it loud, sing it proud. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a very, very good song. So, um, and I think this, I'm assuming this is a bit of a shout out to that. Thank you for the history lesson. Well done. Hey, no worries. Here to help. <laughs> so, as I said, Declan calls her out and says that she's a buffet style intellectual. Where she just picks and chooses. She doesn't actually focus on any one career. And that hit me hard. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of like that. I'm not intellectual. I just, but I've, I just, I don't stick to a career. I got no problem with that. You know, I mean, I like knowing a lot about a lot of stuff as opposed to a lot, a little about a lot as opposed to a lot about a little. Yeah. It makes it makes you a far better dinner table guest if you're able to sort of, you know, say a few full of anecdotes. Yeah, some anecdotes and some interesting information about all manner of things, as opposed to just, all right, uh, let me tell you a bit more about dinosaurs. Uh, let me tell you first of all about the uh, Triceratops. That is the one that has. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're the perfect uh, trivial pursuit partner. <laughs> Those people are necessary, and you know you can drag them out for special occasions. But uh, no, I think Declan is way off base. Here. He's just—he's already got two strikes from me. I remember there was one time we were talking about—I don't know why we we're talking about—it was Planet of the Apes, right? The the um the remake in two thousand and one. Oh, and I was just like, yeah, that came out in two thousand and one. I'm pretty sure it was the same year that Harry Potter came out. Nicholas, like, why do you know this useless information when what year movies come out? And I'm like, it'll be useful one time. And then we played Trivial Pursuit like six months later. It was like, what year was this film released? And I looked at Nicholas. Nicholas, like, you've got to be shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at you. Was like, sick him, babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what was that that commercial? Sick'em Rex. Sick'em Rex. <laughs> yeah. Milhouse then tells Bart that he's no longer cool anymore. Uh, uh, well, uh, basically, yeah, so Lisa's annoyed that he that Declan called her out, blah, blah, blah. Milhouse oh, a dilettante. Yes. Tells Bart that he's not cool anymore. And Bart says, don't worry, I've always bounced back when this has happened, especially from that time I called teacher mum. We've all been there. I think I may have done it once. I definitely did it once. I didn't. I, <laughs> I remember. Just, I was just like quick, like mum, and it's like everyone, <laughs> had, everyone had a quick giggle and everyone moved on. But I think every kid's done it at least once, and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they then notice that Nelson has a hood ornament around his neck. Very uh, flavor flav, isn't it, with his clock? It is. Mm. Yeah. Very bling bling. And Bart says that he must now do the same in order to get back his popularity. Nelson steals a hood ornament, and now he's king of the school. All that's left for me is to become the biggest drunk this town's ever seen. Talking won't get you there. Lisa, what's bumming you up? To cancel a test or something? <laughs> I thought this felt very early season, Homer. It was just innocent, and it's, mm. it's the kind of gag that you would get in season one of The Simpsons. Yeah, I mean, if you realise that your offspring or a sibling or whatever is different from you, or you have different interests... And you're, you're sort of taking the piss a little bit. <laughs> Cancel a tester. Great. Hmm. Yeah, it's, you're right. It felt very old school Homer. Very, yeah. very dad joke. Lisa says that her life lacks direction. Oh, yes. Like, very sad. <laughs> I like that. It's a concern. Yeah. <laughs> a, a serious concern. <laughs> Grandpa then says, you know, it doesn't matter. He left his options open and uh, now he gets to do whatever he wants to do. What is, what's that going to be? I'm going to die alone. <laughs> There's a lot of, lot of, Fairly grim Robin. gags yeah. in this one. Yep. Lisa then races to the museum to help choose a career, as well as to see if they fix that mislabeled raccoon that she complained about. <laughs> <laughs> she walks past perhaps dinosaurs, but the old walker talks her out of it. There wasn't really a 
gag there. I thought it was going to lead to something. He goes, you'll be brushing teeth for the rest of your life. No, and then that, no. was, that was just it. I was like, oh, now I just feel bad for that guy. Yeah. Um, should have been Gil. Yeah. It's the same as the, remember that episode, I spell as fast as I can, like the mascot at the front, and still my kids don't respect me or something like that. And I was like, what? Yeah. what? All, always use Gil for yeah. these things. Al- always Gil. Always Gil. She yeah. gets bored by the geology. She's not going to be a geologist. And then she sits mm-hmm. down in the planetarium. Did you ever go to one of these? I have been to a planetarium once or twice. Yeah, they're good fun. I know there's one at ScienceWorks. I never got the chance to go to it. I'm assuming it's still there because I've never updated. I'm assuming they've still got the, <laughs> the Kathy Freeman running thing at ScienceWorks. <laughs> Is that the thing where the, the dude tried to outrun her and like sued them or something? Yeah, he like, fell over and hurt himself. <laughs> yeah, I could have beaten her. Yeah. yeah, it's just crazy. What a, what a tool. <laughs> I just love, but I just love that. Will it be you or you? <laughs> you or you? It's Harry, right? Um, I assume it sounds so. like whenever it's whenever you've got that, that deep voice, it's whenever you've got yeah, that that radio voice, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. She decides she's going to be an astronomer, and yeah, as you were mentioning earlier, it's a very <laughs> sweet moment. She's a, a little girl again. Yeah, she's, she's you know found her uh, found her her meaning, her yep. cause, her purpose. When was the time that you realised you'd found your calling? Like for me, I honestly feel my calling is podcasting. I, like this is this is what I want to do for a living. When when did reviewing things realize? Did you, when did you realize that was what you wanted to do? I knew that I wanted to write from when I was very young. Okay, yeah, like seven or eight. Really? Yeah. Did you ever review yeah, movies I, when you were younger? What did you write? Short stories that were basically ripped off, you know, Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica. Just the the expanded universe. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've told this story before. It's not really much of a story, but I, I remember telling it on Facebook once that uh, when I was about- You bought porn comics? Yes, we've heard this one. <laughs> I tell that one a lot. <laughs> never fails to never fails to satisfy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but what were you saying? Sorry. I was about 10 years old mm. and I'd lived in, in, I'd lived in England that year. And um, for the second half of the year, we went on this bus tour through uh, Europe. And, you know, it was all mainly adults on the bus and I didn't want to bother them too much. So I had, you know, books and comics and I was reading them and I had a notepad where I was writing a lot of stories. And somewhere along the line, I found like, I found this fork. And to my little 10-year-old mind, I was like, ooh, that looks like a really cool spaceship, you know, with engines, with, a, you know, the times of the engines and all that kind of business. And that really sort of kickstarted my imagination a little way. Well, not a Imagination, because again, I was ripping off Star Wars and Battlestar Galactic and all this other stuff. But that's it's, it's still your I'm, imagination. Yeah, yeah. But I, the sh- the fork became this starship, and I was like, okay, well, it's got a captain, and the captain's got a two IC, and they've got some alien in there who, you know, is probably like a navigator or something, and all manner of characters, and came up with all backstories and relationships for them. It's like, oh, yeah, that. <laughs> I just remember. When I think about those, I'm like, oh, wow, I don't think I, my imagination is half as um, turbocharged as it was when I was 10 years old. It'd be nice to get that back. Did you write that that story down? You found the fork. Did you write stories about this fork or was it just something that you were just playing with? Oh, it was something I was just playing with, but I occasionally would write little bits and pieces yeah. like um, someone sort of stood on the bridge and write head for Alpha Centauri or whatever. That's, pretty, you know, that, that's that, cool. That, it was great fun. I, I, I love that. watching Elliot get his little dinosaur toys or his cars or whatever and just act things out and just create this story yeah. in his head. It's like, it's it's, it's such a thrill. Like, I mean, I created him. 
you know, I co-created him, I should say. <laughs> you've got you've got a co-writer credit. Yeah, yes, but he's creating these stories in his mind. It's just, it's it's amazing yeah. to think. Oh, that would be an absolute blast to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so good. But anyway, so we're back from the commercial, and Lisa and Homer are at Teenage Paceland, and this is where she wants to buy a telescope, and we get the. <laughs> I just, it was just so funny. Sweetie, Daddy doesn't have enough money for that. Unless they take a check. We certainly do. Why did you say that? Is your check going to bounce? No, of course not. Why did you say that? Are you implying that I'm dumb? Uh, I have to go. Do you have a telescope? I wouldn't mind getting one. I watched this episode and went and bought Elliot a telescope and microscope for Christmas. Oh, for real? Yep. Um, because I thought this is going to be great because he loves looking at snail shells and little bugs and things like that. So his little microscope, he can look under all, all these bugs and stuff. And the telescope, Elliot's fascinated with things in the sky, stars, anything. Mm. So the telescope, he's going to love it. So I just, Elliot's going to be You're his first dad, telescope Daddy, this year. Mm. Mm. Got a real cheap uh, Black Friday deal on uh, on Ooh. Amazon, I want to say. I think it was for, it was marked down from 90 to like 28 or something for a telescope and a microsco- uh, microscope. Oh, I might get on the Black Friday sale as soon as we're done here. <laughs> There's a sinister kid watching me, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> Homer confuses... What's that? That was, I was about to say, that's a very good Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Homer confuses a moth for a space monster and, <laughs> and wants a kaleidoscope. This is another moment where I just, I just felt bad. He's just like, mm. you, you, you're very smart, Lisa, but you, you don't know much about not hurting people's feelings. <laughs> feelings. He just walks off yeah. and I was like... Well, that's not funny. It's just sad. No. <laughs> there was a real issue with tone. It was a real downer. Yeah. This episode. And Lisa, was- Lisa didn't sort of say anything. She was just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I, just, I just felt bad for Homer. He was trying to get involved. He took her out. He got this telescope. He wanted to include himself in what she was doing. And she just pointed out that he was wrong. And he was like, oh, I'm going to go away now. And I was like, oh, poor Homer. You bitch. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's then reading Ed McMahon's Star Searcher. And she's, as you pointed out in your trivia, there was a specific way of finding Venus. Uh, but unfortunately, the surviving Beach Boys at Springfield Stadium, the lights playing at the show, they have blocked out uh. Venus. Then they go, she goes to look at Jupiter, but the Starlight Motel light blocks that out as well. <laughs> Three seconds, you're legally the mayor. The mayor. Yeah, and you were a girl, Joe. <laughs> Never fails to amuse Lisa climbs to the top of the mountain up in the hills to try and see some stars, but all the light pollution from the city has uh, blocked them. And this is what Professor Frink explains. I actually really like this as well. The fact that he can't leave the observatory, otherwise another scientist might move in. It's just like, <laughs> I, I, I see you over there. He throws one. You said he was out of microscopes. <laughs> but he explains to her that the whole pollution, the light pollution. Light pollution. Yeah. yeah. Hey, check out this hood ornament I stole. With this glinting gugor, the beta male attempts to reclaim leadership of his herd. Oh, that's good narration. I watched that and went, that's going on. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> that's good narration. Nelson, <laughs> Nelson calls it out that it's just a pacifier. Maggie takes it back. What she's doing at the school, <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. And also, you might want to clean that pacifier before you put it in your mouth, kiddo. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Desmond then sees Lisa again. Calls her the Jill of all trades. He's, just, he's, he's pretty cool to her, isn't he? Yeah, he's just a dick. Yeah. Why are you being such a dick, Declan? <laughs> why, why, why? I think your name is Dicklin Desmond. <laughs> okay, forget it. 
she explains that she's getting signatures to reclaim the night sky. He's actually quite impressed with this. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, sign, I'll sign it for you. And then she goes to the sea captain and he says he will give her the scrimshaw for a petition. Oh. I feel like they're giving sea captain his due in recent seasons. He's clearly, he, he was always like this buffoon of a sea captain. But he's actually coming across like, it's, it's like he's a misunderstood, gentle, intelligent person. Oh, yeah. No, he's in touch with his, uh, <laughs> with his sea captains. <laughs> Quimby has heard the pleas of everybody, whether you're an idealistic stargazer like Lisa or a faded southern belle who needs the forgiving cloak of night to seduce naive young delivery boys with more pizza than common sense. <laughs> I'll give you light. I don't know if that was like the plot of a porno or the plot of a streetcar named Desire. Yeah, <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a bit in Streetcar Named Desire where Blanche Dubois tries to, you know, come on to some young delivery boy who's kind of like, yeah. eh, you're an old Southern Belle and you're not really my tape. That's why Marge kisses a poo in the play. That's true. But the pizza part, I don't recall being in any in Streetcar Named Desire. I'm pretty sure I saw it on Brazzers. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> So he turns off the lights. He gives them the night sky. Everyone looks into the stars and they see into their soul. Oh, this is nice. There was a couple of really nice moments. This moment here and the end, I thought were very sweet. They were very sweet, but also very funny was Ned seeing the Star of David for yep. a second and just having his <gasps> faith absolutely shaken. Cling yep. those glasses. Up oh, there's the cross. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then Lenny and Carl seeing both seeing Carl. <laughs> and Lisa says, thank you, Lisa. Oh, was this the giggle you were talking about where it says, thank you, Lisa? Because she sort of giggles there as well. Um, my notes have it a bit earlier than Okay, that, so. it probably was that, yeah, the planetarium then. We then get Brockman giving a news report, and Lisa explains that the deadly meteor shower, which isn't actually deadly, it's just named after <laughs> Artemis Deadly. Artemis <laughs> Deadly. Who was, who was ironically killed in the shower. <laughs> and Grandpa says, last time that the, we thought this, the, there was a meteor shower, we thought the sky was on fire. Of course, we blame the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Irish just can't catch a break. English and Irish this time around. So at least they're being equal opportunity uh, uh, bigots and offenders to, uh, to their friends over the pond. Hanged more than a few. They then overhear some bad eggs uh, cooking up some trouble. Mmm, bad eggs. I feel like that guy just always no. works. He doesn't work for you. No. No. <laughs> Why? I don't think that was the stage where everyone was doing Mmm, search and search. But no, I, it didn't land for me. I didn't like it. Okay, fair enough. I, I, those gags always just seem to work for me because it just makes, it's just the one constant Homer gag that we always get. It's always mmm something. It's been done since the first episode. So yeah. <laughs> uh, the bullies are now stealing all the hood ornaments because it's darker than a French chick's armpit. Yes. They're not very nice to Europe this episode, are they? No. <laughs> They're being very USA. USA. But unfortunately can't find a hood ornament because they've already all been stolen. But then he notices a very nice shiny gold one and realises it's the Mafia's. That bird touches it and gets it. <laughs> Beating up that poor pigeon. You'd be sucking, was it, chicken, sucking worms through sucking a straw. Through a straw. <laughs> we get another Brockman news report. And I loved the back, the, the, head, the heading for this. I thought you would have appreciated it. Hoods rob hoods in hoods. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most chaos since Detroit Tigers uh, made the playoffs, which was more than two centuries ago, apparently. And it's an orange alert, which, of course, means nothing. <laughs> Barton Millhouse are now faking their valet service. I really like that. I'll park your car like a mama used to do. <laughs> <laughs> Just really staring into the stereotype there. Except Millhouse, when he gives it a shot, he's just terrible. Yeah. Tries pizza. It's a greasy like a you. you. 
time to get that hood's ornament. Bologna said a fat Tony, a fuck of your car, the way Mama used to do. Why, thank you. And may I say, your mustache looks thick and hearty. Fully Italian. Try the cheese a pizza. It's greasy like a you. <laughs> I'm sorry, this just reminds before we started recording this, I was listening to the Seller podcast. I oh, know, sorry, Dan, I was cheating. Mm. Um, but, um, they were talking about this upcoming movie called House of Gucci. I don't know if you've seen the any ads for that or any mm-hmm. trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're all saying that basically everyone and all these Oscar-winning actors, you know, Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jared Leto, Al Pacino, they're all talking like a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> they're really just going for it with the Italian accent. <laughs> You, you, you've, you've received a lot of props from your... I came back from a clip and it just cuts to you going, did you know that Marissa Tomei is a anagram for It's a me, a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Every time I see Mario now, I just think of Marissa Tomei. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, sorry. That's what, um, that's what Barton Miller has. <laughs> it's a crazy like a you. He compliments the thick moustache, which comes back a little bit later, and they start cutting off the ornament. We now got protests at Town Hall, and Lisa begs, "No, no, don't, don't turn the lights back on. We need to see the meteor shower." I don't know how you keep getting past security. Yeah, I love that line. It, it doesn't even like acknowledge her. It's like that's it's always it's just to say fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi then says, "Unfortunately, you know, because he, he uh, fat Tony compliments the the valet parking. We don't have valet parking. Okay. You mean that ten year old with a mustache was a phony?" <laughs> they go outside. So, so Millhouse here is like, I like spending time with you, Bart, and Bart just fobs him off. I was like, oh. yeah, see. They've done that a couple of times, bit, haven't they? Bits bits like that. I'm like, why? What's yeah. the point of that? It's not funny. It's just, yeah. Feel, feel bad I mean, making yeah. fun of Millhouse is, of course, funny 95% of the time. Well, but the, the, the bit at the end, that's the kind of Millhouse humor. Yes. Yeah. But something like this, where he's, you know, trying to bond with his best <laughs> supposed friend. best yeah. friend and just getting blown off. In, in a way that's not even necessarily, I mean, Milhouse getting blown up by Bart in a funny way is, of course, funny. But something like this, where it's just not a gag, it's just like, oh, Milhouse is pathetic. I don't see the point of it. They want light. By God, they'll get light. End of the line. Ah! Hey, you're not John Ritter. And you ain't that gorilla from the zoo. <laughs> Mo then, back from commercial, Mo asks who the designated, uh, I've got designated survivor written here. <laughs> designated driver <laughs> is since it's 2 a.m. and Andy's off to the hospital. So they go outside. It's actually daylight. Now, we have reviewed the episode, The Saga of Carl. This is where it was spawned from. My Icelandic boyhood, yes. Yes, my Icelandic childhood. So I didn't like, not that I didn't like the saga of Carl, I just didn't like the fact that that, that line became, yeah, became was an the episode, origin like, of just, something that then became canon. It like retconned something. That's what didn't I didn't like. But that's just one of the many episodes you can hear us review as a four-finger discount patron, guys. Just in time for Christmas. Yes. Home uh, home- I, all, but also that stuff with... Um, most gin challenge or gallon of gin challenge again not necessarily funny just kind of there cruel ish Mm. (laughs) yeah and in theory it's 
faithful to these characters. I mean, a lot of stuff that in, that's in this episode is like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's how Ma or Bart treats Milhouse, or that's how Mo is with his customers. But it, it's not landing. It's not working. No, nah, it's not very funny, is it? No. But anyway, so Homer explains the situation to Lenny and Carl that, you know, the, the reason that the lights are on is because Lisa um, took things too far and she wanted the night sky, then we wanted the lights back. The animals are all screwed up as a result. It's now one week later, and also the family are all screwed up. Marge is ironing, and she thinks it's, she's on Saturday Night Live. Live. Basically, they're all just losing their minds, but they seem to be the only people uh, in Springfield who are losing their minds. Yeah, I was about to say, it's only the Simpsons family who uh, are being affected by this. Yeah, it just seemed odd. Bart has got his telescope. Um, the only thing you can see, though, is the Fox satellite, and uh, Bart explains, well, he's looking for at the hood ornament, and, um, you know... I'm looking at this hood ornament and trying to steal it for reasons I can no longer remember. <laughs> uh, but that, that's that's what happens though. Like kids just get swept up in something and they want to do it because all the other kids are doing it. And it's just like, why am I doing this? They do indeed, yes. Which, um, another uh, message in the mailbag, which we will discuss later in the show. Oh, okay. A tease for the mailbag. I'm liking it. Mm. <laughs> Keep listening. Keep listening. Don't Le- stop. Lisa realizes that they want the same thing. So if they work together, they can get the darkness back. I can do this. Yeah, and you can do, you can say it. I add nothing. <laughs> they then take Homer to the power plant, and he's just like a zombie now because he hasn't had any sleep. In order to gain entry, they need his hands. So he's, what's a game? Paddy Cake? yep. I've never played that with my kids, unfortunately. But access is granted. Oh, my baby's first words. First words. <laughs> they then find the lever. I like Bart here. Is it Gandhi? Gandhi says, let's, let's talk more rock. <laughs> Pulls the lever, and it overloads, and everything explodes. Uh, the police need to hire more f- people for the for the force because they're the entire force. We get another reference to what's the movie, the, the baseball movie, the Naturals, the Naturals, Sorry, Robert Redford, right. yes, yes, where everything explodes and uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like you know beautiful sparks and and glittering snowflakes falling to the earth, except it actually is shards of glass. So don't catch them on your tongue. Do not do that, not at all. The cows all go to sleep straight away because the, the night is back. And Homer goes to sleep just like a dog, which I thought was kind of cute. And then the angry mob all arrive. Uh-oh. I can't read porno by candlelight. Who am I, eh, Blinken? I say, tear them limb from limb. I'm not angry anymore. <laughs> I don't need drugs to enjoy this. Just to enhance it. They, they want to get the kids, but then the meteor shower arrives. Everyone just appreciates it. They look up and cue the song, uh, Starry Starry Night. Is the song called Vincent? It's about Vincent Van Gogh, but I thought the song was actually called Starry Starry Night. Oh, okay. Or maybe it's called Vincent. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. I thought it was called Vincent for some reason. I think it's just known as Starry Starry Night. But because, well, Are you looking it up or am I looking it up? <laughs> I'm looking it up. Okay. Vince Vaughn, American actor. Vince Colosimo. Top McLean, McLean Vincent. Vincent, song by Don McLean. Yeah, it is. And Vincent. actually, is called Vincent. But of course, it starts off with the lyric Starry, Starry, Starry Night. Starry night. Yeah, it's, it's the perfect song. Paint for this your moment. palette blue and grey. Yep. I don't know why I was doing it as Paul Lind. Uh, Starry, Starry Night. <laughs> I was doing it as Snagglepuss. We get the. <laughs> We get the various people uh, just appreciating the stars. Jimmy the Snitch as well. He's in the boot. <laughs> but then eventually gets, he finally does steal his horni- the ornament as well, doesn't he? He does indeed. And it also culminates with one of my one of my favourite lines from the episode. I wish God were alive to see this. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is even better than our screensaver. And I love our screensaver. Nicely done, Lisa. Thanks, Mom. I wish God were alive to see this. Wow, this is so 2003 <laughs> screensavers. Remember they? They were a oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> what was, what was your favorite? I love our screensavers. The most iconic would have been the pipes, right? The endless pipes. Pipes was, pipes was pretty good, but I, I had a lot of meteor shower. and yep. Yeah, I thought that was pretty rad. Yeah, true. We then get the uh, the documentary, the final bit, and it's um, what's it called American Bonehead. American Bonehead's a day in the life of Springfield Elementary. You just ask the kids what they're going to do when they're older. Ralph's going to live with his underground grandma. Jimbo's going to actually go to tech school, and they beat him up <laughs> for it. And then Millhouse with his uh, <laughs> pulling a soccer mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then Millhouse with his uh, softball, and because he's no good, it becomes t-ball, <laughs> and he still somehow fucks it up. Sucks a t-ball. <laughs> Um, but yes, I know you said you weren't a huge fan of this episode. Oh, I wasn't a standout for me. I think it's because I went in with low expectations. <laughs> I, I just remember really not liking this episode as a kid. It was one that I, as soon as it came on, I saw Declan Desmond, I would turn it off. I just didn't like it. But I forgot about the whole Lisa story. I, I enjoyed the Lisa story and I didn't mind the Bart stealing the ornaments. It was just, it was just, it was just kind of there, I guess. But there was nothing offensive about it to me. It was just, it, it was, was a couple, couple, couple of morbid moments, but it was fine. Dando, let me tell you, as is often the case, after discussing an episode with you, I'm seeing it through new eyes, perhaps even your eyes, and that, hey, wasn't so bad after all. Some of it was, but a lot of it wasn't. Simpsons post-season 10. It wasn't so bad. <laughs> Simpsons post-season uh, 10. Keep your expectations low. Yes. <laughs> what did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Um, as I mentioned, um, if you are on a baseball field and all the lights explode, do not try to catch the shards on your tongue. It will not be a fun and uh, beautiful experience. It will not at all. I just learned, as we mentioned earlier, go outside and appreciate the stars. Do it tonight. I'll tell you what, though. I was coming home from the lovely Louise's house the other night, back to my place, and you know it was after dark because that's when the magic happens. And while the sky was very dark in certain areas, it was very, almost light in other areas. I'm like, oh, God, what's going on? It's a bit weird. Are yeah. uh, aliens about to land or whatever? I don't know exactly what it was, but uh, I was out looking at the sky for a little while. Going, hmm, interesting. <laughs> Beautiful. Nice. <laughs> starry, starry night. <laughs> <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be... All right, it is Guy Davis's new name championship for, excuse me while I missed the sky. The current leaderboard stands at this in third position, Luke McKay on nine points, Talia Enriquez on 12 in second, and Philip Hawkins on 22 points. Can anyone take a run at the king? You Oof. better not miss. Uh, but we've got some uh, some familiar names coming up in the new name challenge this time around, yeah. and uh, some pretty good uh, alternative titles. We're going to jump right into it, folks. We're not going to do any uh, honourable mentions this time around. Let's go straight for the uh, for the gusto, as ho- as our man Homer would say. One point, and as is our want these days, it's not just one person getting one point. It's two people, and those people are Henrik Vintelund. Henrik. I believe he's had a score before this season, hasn't he, Henrik? Uh, doesn't look like it. Welcome to the leaderboard, Henrik Vintelund. What is he getting? Oh, Hen- Henrik is back, and he's back with what we don't. In the shadows. Yeah, pretty good. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Worthy of the one point. Mm. And here's another person uh, Mm -hmm. who is not unfamiliar to the leaderboard. 
It's Gerard Harahill. Gerard Harahill puts him on four points. That's a pretty low total for our old Gerard, old Gerard, but he actually messaged me because he won last season. And he was like, hey, just been catching up to the podcast. Turns out I won. When are you going to give me my money, motherfucker? (laughs) (laughs) Don't mess with Garoad. No, basically, yeah. yeah. So, finally, he's claimed his $200 first prize for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. So, he'll be getting that in due time. (laughs) Okay, no messing with the Garoad warrior. No, not Uh, at all. He gave us a very good title. Can we just? Can we, I just want to sit there and say, appreciate Garoad Warrior. That was very good. Continue. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. I hope Garoad <laughs> appreciate it and doesn't come after me the way he came after you. Where's my money? <laughs> Dandel better have my money. Um, Garoad gave us no more Mr. Night Sky. That's actually really great. Yeah, not bad. If those are getting one point, I imagine know. what's getting two points. Two points. Goes to Two points. Jordan Savile. Jordan Savile. Another one. Another new one to the leaderboard. Okay, here we go. All right. Well, they're coming They're coming out of the woodwork and they're coming out uh, all guns blazing. I like this one from Jordan. That's why it's getting two points. Boys in the Hood ornaments. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> it's really good, isn't it? But three points. Mm. The gold. Three points. Goes two. Nora Coker. Wow, me. Seven points. She's now equal fourth with Nick Pat- Patterson. All right. What has Nora uh, given us? Uh, keep going, Nora. Nora gave us two good ones that I liked quite a lot. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. definitely a winner. Right. And what else has she given us? And Ms. Brightside. Ms. Brightside. Yeah, I think I like The Dark Knight Returns. Is it Dark, was it Dark Knight the Dark Knight Returns. Returns. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It also could be The Dark Knight Rises, exactly. but The yeah. Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> I was confused, yeah. No, that's a great title. Well done. Good ones all round this time around. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because, like I said, an episode that I didn't think much of, but people have come through with the new names. I enjoyed the episode. and I'm surprised. I've surprised myself. And the, the well, patrons don't surprise me because they always come through with the goods, don't they? The patrons have got the good stuff going on. Yes, they Almost as much as we do. <laughs> if you want to be a part of Guy Davis's New Name Championship and try and get your name on the leaderboard, because you don't have to win to go into a prize draw. First prize gets $200. But if wow. you are just on the leaderboard at the end of the season, we do a wild card draw where we go in and you can win yourself $50 cash as well. That's just by being a $1 patron at patreon.com slash four-figure discount. And as we mentioned earlier in the episode... It's a good Christmas present. If, you, if people are asking, what do you want for Christmas? Say you want a four-finger discount Patreon subscription you know, or an, an increased subscription. If, you, if you're a listener out there and you thought, I'd love to support the guys, but I just can't afford it and I completely understand, ask your friends and family. Buy me a 12-month annual four-finger discount Patreon subscription or even just one month. Even the $5 one, test yeah. out the waters, test out all the bonus exclusive podcasts, the early access and all the stuff you get by being a patron. I guarantee you will not regret it. And it's the gift that keeps on giving because it's not just a gift for you in terms of getting, you know, extra podcasts and hanging out on the uh, patron page on Facebook. Zoom calls. Zoom calls once mm-hmm. a month. But you're also doing something nice for Dando and Guy, your old pals. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. It is now time for Mailbag. Mailbag. Jamil. Jamil is here. Ooh. First question here comes from Andrew JP. Andrew says, what's your favorite Monty Python sketch or your favorite Monty Python movie moment? We pretty much discussed this already. I honestly have not seen all that much of Monty Python. Just never seemed to really, I don't know, just never seemed to really, not that I didn't enjoy it, I just didn't really get it. I was just like, eh, it's just not my thing. But I completely understand that a lot of people do like it and it is very A-class comedy. But as you are saying as well, Guy, you've already discussed your favorite skits and whatnot. 
Indeed, but uh, our pal Jordan Moleman Richie chimed in. He said he liked Monty Python's Little Red Riding Hood and provided us with a link mm-hmm. to YouTube, which we very much appreciate. Andrew JP said he also likes the four Yorkshire men sketch with its escalating absurdity. I think we're all partial to a little escalating absurdity, aren't we, Dando? Definitely. Alrighty. So Keith Lenham says, as a third shifter, as which a night shifter, I see the beautiful night sky pretty often and enjoy it. Have you guys ever sat outside and enjoyed the stars, whether it be with loved ones or by yourself? If so, how did it make you feel? I remember really enjoying looking at the night sky when we'd go, when I was younger, I'd go hunting with my, my father at night. And because we were so far away from civilization, you're out in the country, you look up when you're in the back of dad's ute and it's just beautiful, just mm. stars everywhere. Or when you're out camping or whatever, I always remember when you're out camping as well, you look at the stars and it's because I used to go out... Um, with my uncle Jock and my dad, and we'd we'd sit we'd sleep in swags in the back of my uncle Jock's ute. So oh, we'd, be nice. look, we'd literally be looking up at the at the stars, and, and, like as we're going to sleep. It was, yeah, it's pretty great. What about yourself? Uh, well, uh, listeners will know that uh, the lovely Louise and I went camping recently. Uh, slept on well, stayed on the banks of the mighty Murray. Um, not the red, from, not the Red Wiggle, not the. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would have been a very nice holiday. <laughs> By itself, but no, we went to the Mighty Murray River with a bunch of a uh, bunch of loose friends. Uh, a lot of alcohol was drunk. We may have smoked some jazz cigarettes, and we're far from civilization. So all you've got above you is this delightful natural illumination of the night sky, and boy, did we enjoy it! Yeah, it, it, it is great to sort of get away from light pollution, as uh, as our pal Glavin puts it, um, as our man Mr. Frink puts it. <laughs> Professor Frink, sorry, he didn't go to college, although he used to be called Mr. Frink. Yeah, getting away from the light pollution and just enjoying a bit of pinpricks in the curtain of night, as um, as Ramirez from, uh, no, not Ramirez, yeah, Ramirez from Highlander once said, are the stars just pinpricks in the curtain of night? <laughs> that was a terrible Sean Connery. <laughs> Uh, He's going to come out of the grave and go, what the fuck, David? <laughs> Slap you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I have enjoyed recently The Night Sky. Roman J. Aardvark says, this one's for you. <laughs> Who is your favourite documentary filmmaker, if you have any? Um, I dropped a few names a little earlier in this episode. When, you did, yeah. Um, yeah, when uh, Declan Desmond was disrespecting the names of the Males Brothers and Barbara Koppel. There's a guy I like named D.A. Pennybaker. Dan, you're a music guy. You you might appreciate one that he did um, called Don't Look Back about Bob Dylan. Okay, yeah. I've seen that yeah, one. Yeah, so that's one worth definitely worth looking There's up. There's another uh, one that's not a documentary. It's more just a, um, a biopic, but it's the one that has Heath Ledger in it. That, that uh, I'm Not I'm There. I'm Not There. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, sort of more a biopic, but a... If I remember correctly, you get to see Heath Ledger's wang in that, right? <gasps> Gosh, you'd think I'd remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you see Heath Ledger naked in that movie. <laughs> You've got a whole lot of people just queuing up, Google. I'm Not There. <laughs> Where's it streaming? <laughs> um, um, yeah, Penny Baker's a, a, a guy that I really like. Um, not to sort of, I was about to say not to get too nerdy, then I realised that's kind of what I do here. Um, the great musical theatre luminary Stephen Sondheim passed away this weekend yeah, he did, at the age yeah. of 91. Uh, look, I'm not a huge musical theatre guy, but even I know who Stephen Sondheim is. I watched a bit of a doco about him. If you don't know who he is, you know what he's made. Like you, you don't know that he made it, but you, you know exactly, you've heard of what he's made, yeah. Our pal Krusty certainly knows him. Send in the clowns. Yeah. That's Sondheim for you, man. D.A. Pennybaker did a documentary called Original Cast Recording of Company, which was the musical that Sondheim wrote, and it was behind the scenes of the recording of the album, the soundtrack. Yeah, and it was just a really good fly on the wall about 
making art, the joys of it, the pressures of it. It's really good. It's actually on YouTube. I mean, if you look it up, okay. you can find it there. Uh, yeah, but Pennyback is a guy I really like. There's another one that he did. Oh, shit. I think it's called Daybreak Express. And really, it's just like, it's almost like he put a GoPro, prior to GoPros, on a Manhattan train. And it's driving around Manhattan at, at, at dawn uh, with music by the great jazz, mus- uh, jazz musician Duke Ellington playing over it. I think it only goes for like 10 minutes or so, but it's just a really nice little sketch of time and place. It looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful. So that's certainly worth checking out. D.A. Pennybaker is a guy I like very, very much when it comes to documentaries. I've started watching the Beatles one on our Disney+. Oh, Plus. Yeah. My fucking God, I didn't realize how long it was going to be. <laughs> Each episode is like three hours. Isn't it? <laughs> and it's like, I love the Beatles, but a lot of it's just like them fucking sitting around just chatting. It's not really a documentary. It's just a bunch of footage of them just fucking around. And it's, yeah. it's okay. I mean, there's, there's people out there that are just going, oh, it's like the fucking greatest thing ever. I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty big Beatles fan. Yeah. I've, I've got Joe Lennon's signature tattooed on my arm and even I can say it's not that. It's kind of, after the first half an hour, you're like, okay, so it's just this? Okay. Is this all it is? I'm, I think you've got a lot of people who are thinking, you could have, you know, given it just a two-hour documentary, Peter Jackson. He's yeah. the guy who, di- yeah. well, he's the director of it. This is and you've got the some rings. people who are saying, I hear there's an 18-hour cut. <laughs> and they're like really just jizzing for that. <laughs> so, I don't know, I'm, I'm yet to check it out. And I'm not, a, I'm not a, a Beatle maniac to the extent that I've tattooed John Lennon's signature <laughs> on my forearm like our man Dando here. I'm still keen to check it out and I will do so soon. I'm pro- maybe I was just... Tired because I literally had to stop it because I was falling asleep. That could have been it. Maybe I was just really tired, but I remember just thinking, ah, so it's just this for just like hanging out three yeah. hours. Okay, cool. So here we go. Final question here from the patrons is from Becky Manners. Was there a trend at school that you had to join in on? Hopefully, not vandalizing cars. A trend at school. I never got into Pokemon cards. Pokemon cards was, was, was a trend, and man, I saw some people getting into fights over that. If you had the Charizard, like the, the hologram Charizard <laughs> at school, you ran. You were the king of the schoolyard. It's like currency. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, I'll tell you a trend that uh, was very big for a very short period of time, but yeah. it really took off like wildfire. Uh, I think I was in either um, year seven or year eight. So this was, yep. yeah, it would have been 13 or 14. People were very big on pet mice. Really? Okay. Yeah. They'd go to the get pet shop and get a little mouse. And you're like, oh, I've got a pet mouse. And uh, being someone who was a bit of a nerd, who's like, I'm going to be in with the cool kids too. So, of course, I went and bought a mouse. Um, or did you go to Bobby and say, Daddy, I want a mouse, please? <laughs> I think I knew my parents well enough that they were never going to let me have a mouse. <laughs> so I just got off the bus early one day, went into town, bought a mouse from a pet shop, brought it home. Kept it in a shoebox under your bed. <laughs> yeah, I kept it in a cardboard box. The mouse chewed its way out of the box and just made its way into the house somewhere. I was finding little mouse turds all over. <laughs> I think mum was saying, there's a mouse in the house. I'm like, don't ask me, yeah. man. <laughs> the trail of you shit from your bedroom, though, guy. Yeah, Margaret, that, that's my shit. <laughs> I, I've got a problem. No. I said, Margaret, are you leaving food out? Is that the problem? Yeah. You, know, you, might, you might want to keep house a bit better, woman. <laughs> I can only imagine eight-year-old guy saying that to his mum. Yeah. <laughs> hey, get, get, get rid of that mouse. <laughs> All right. So here we're going to jump into the uh, 
email questions. So simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com if you have a question or a message for us. This one comes from Sarah Keffling from Scottsdale in the US. Hey, Sarah. Hi, guys. Love the show. Listen to it each night in bed, which often means I'm listening to the second half of the episode on the way to work the next morning due to always being put to sleep to your sweet voices. (laughs) And 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 our boring content. (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys listen listen to or watch in bed, if anything? I mostly listen to... um, to wrestling podcasts. I don't know, because huh? I haven't got time to watch all the wrestling, so I just listen to podcast reviews. They just like run through mm-hmm. it. It takes like half an hour. What about yourself? Um, I either listen to old episodes of Mystery Science Theatre 3000, mm-hmm. shows by the Red Letter Media guys, like their best of the worst ones. They're really good. Uh, and lately, uh, I was reading some self-help book because I need all the help I can get, and it was talking about how sleep is important, and one thing that can help is, I've been pronouncing it correctly, binaural beats. It's basically sort of ambient music that occasionally has a bit of a beat that, I don't know if it syncs up with your heartbeat or mm. your biorhythms or whatever. But I'll tell you what, I've been listening to some of that recently. You know, Basically, the cat will wake me up at like three in the morning saying, hey, I want food. And I'm like, fuck you, pal. <laughs> but then I'm awake and have to sort of go back to sleep. So I'll put in the earbuds, put on some binaurals. And I'll tell you what, I'll wake up a, you know, Four hours or so later, I'm like, wow, feeling really refreshed. That was good. "Mm -mm, That's good sleeping. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm listening to uh, to put me to sleep. The other thing I listen to, I listen to audio commentaries. I've got the first 10 seasons of The Simpsons downloaded. Futurama commentary is just on my phone, ready to go whenever I feel like it, which is good as well. All right. That's good call. Last question here comes from Jessica McKay. Another McKay. She says... (laughs) Uh, hi guys hi Guy and Dando firstly thanks for the hours oh she's from Fitzroy by the way oh. hi Guy and Dando local, lad, uh, local lass I should say firstly <laughs> thanks for the hours of Simpsons Field Entertainment I can't wait to get stuck into your other shows I could listen to you guys talk about anything oh there we go oh well we do talk about other stuff yes yeah, Seinfeld if South you're Park. a patron yes, that's right yeah oh, we got, those shows are also available for free as well but you they, get early yeah. access and you get bonus stuff as well but yeah We're, <laughs> sorry I'm really trying to <laughs> no, no. come on be a patron <laughs> was just wondering what film you'd love The Simpsons to do a parody of in a future Treehouse of Horror that they haven't already touched on. I remember reading your Jurassic Park ideas in your book and couldn't believe that they hadn't already done it. And then when they did, your ideas were actually so much better. Hope you have, both have a great Christmas. So in the book, we uh, Mitch and I, mostly Mitch, but I sort of chimed in some ideas, wrote a spec script of a Treehouse of Horror segment with Jurassic Park. And it would have... Oh. Um, Ian Malcolm appearing as well, and all like basically it was Spider Pig was cloned. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was actually pretty good. I really really enjoyed it. Um, what, what, what movie do you think, guy? You'd like to see The Simpsons do a parody of that haven't yet already? I reckon uh, The Thing would be a mm-hmm. good one. Yeah, yeah, with uh, a, a group of people, not necessarily the Simpsons family, but I think put Homer in there and just a, a diverse bunch of Springfield residents in an isolated location. And some weird alien thing that takes over their bodies and all that kind of business uh, invades and everything gets very paranoid and uh, a bit gory. I think that'd be great. The paranoia would certainly work well with Springfield, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. I think, oh, I think that'd be a good <laughs> you, one. You have to have Mo in there. Mo just, he's just always quick to blame. <laughs> or you watched They Live recently. Yes. Or you've seen They yeah, Live. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 I think Homer as Roddy Piper in They Live would be good. Oh, yeah, with the shades. He with always the shades. looks good, like, 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 kind of Max Power-esque, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> taking a... What now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. Ooh. So thank you for that question. That one there came from Jessica of Fitzroy. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, SimpsonsMailbag at gmail.com if you do have a message for us. Let's jump on to the... Uh, onto the iTunes page and see if any new reviews. I doubt they have because people seem to be lacklustre when it comes to sending reviews, but we have got some ratings. We did hit the big 500 a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Jumping on there now. We've got 500 <laughs> ratings now. Yes. Uh, we, oh, we do have a new... new. Uh, uh, oh, do we have two new ones? Hang on. Oh. Hang on. 25th... Oh, shit, we got... Yeah, two new ones. All right, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this one comes from Nick... N-S-M-E-T, nicknames taken. I think it's going to be nicknames taken. Okay. Oh, Mitch and Dando and Guy's Crumbling <laughs> Adventures. you saying his name was Nick and like had a really weird surname? <laughs> well, it says, and it, was- it says Nick N-S-M-E-T-A-K-E-N. So it's nicknames okay. taken. Nickname taken. Okay. okay. So Mitch and Dando and Guy's <laughs> Crumbling Adventures. Wonderful podcast that started as a nostalgic review of The Simpsons' golden era has now transformed into a podcast about... Mitch and Dandos and guys talking about The Simpsons. They've deservedly built a loyal Patreon following who follow the podcast and their lives. It's been a great journey so far. Keep it up. So thank you so much for that one. Thank Name's you. Taken. And this one here comes from Rune Burgundy 89. One of the best. Dando and Guy are just great with their reviews. It's given me totally new vision on watching The Simpsons, which I've been watching since I was born in 1989. Love your work, guys. Keep it up. Three thumbs up. Legendary. Thank you so much for that review. Remember, if you do check us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it out on the show, even if it's a negative one. But please, if you don't like the show, just stop listening. <laughs> don't leave us a bad review. <laughs> I um, mean, keep listening, but don't tell anyone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yes, thank you to everyone who has rated us as well. Chucked us five stars. We're now on 503 ratings. We've hit the big 500. Yay! Thank you so much, guys. But yeah, jump on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done so already, chuck us a review and top five stars and we'll read your review out. If you've got a question for us or just a message, simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Hit us up on Patreon if you want to support the show and get access to a bunch of exclusives. It's a really great and cheap Christmas present. I mean, you can just say literally, I want a Christmas present. It's going to cost you $5. $5 is all it's going to cost you and you get access to early access to the show, all the shows we do and a bunch of exclusive content as well. And Guy, we have, to, have we decided on a um, on what movie we're going to review? We're going to leave it to the patrons, but I think... We were indeed. Yeah, but I think what we should do is we should just decide right now. Which we, I th- oh. You keep saying Gremlins. Do you want to just do Gremlins? Let's do Gremlins. Let's do Gremlins. All right, we're going to we're doing a, movie, a movie commentary on Gremlins. I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed with us talking about... Well, they may be disappointed with the end product of us talking about Gremlins, <laughs> but the fact that we're going to be talking about Gremlins, I think people are going to be pretty happy with that. And... Every patron, no matter what you are, $1, $2, $5, $8, whatever you are, you're going to get access to that audio commentary. Okay? Yeah. That's a little Christmas present. All right. So, patreon.com slash discount. If you want to hear us talk about Gremlins and do an audio commentary of the movie, plus all the other extras we do there on our Patreon page. That's enough shilling, Mr. Davis. Next week, we're going to be doing a review of the episode Three Gays of the Condo, an episode that I really enjoy. And I'm looking forward to going back and revisiting it. Uh, we've had a few patrons actually send through saying they're excited for our review on that one as well. It's one, it's a more memorable one because I think still at the time, you know, when you know, there was homosexual characters on TV, it was like, whoa, this is a big deal. And Homer moves in with a homosexual couple and one of them ends up falling in love with Homer. And yeah, it's, it's actually a really good story, a really funny story. I'm so, looking forward to revisiting. Yes, Three Gays of the Condo is next week. This has been, excuse me while, Mr. Sky. Mr. Davis, any final words for those amazing listeners out there? Just one. Boing. Ah, boing, 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 boing. <laughs> <laughs>